Welcome to the Trauma-Informed Witch Podcast, where we'll talk about patriarchy, mental health, creating money and abundance, and how to live a life that feels rich and that is rich. Let's go. All right. Hi, everybody. I am super excited because today I have a really good friend of mine, Ray, on the podcast to talk about pain and suffering and kink and her exploration of pain, which is something we all experience. And I think this is going to be super valuable. So Ray, do you want to start by introducing yourself and then we can go a little deeper. Thanks, Bryn. Um, So I'm really happy to be here. I've been thinking about this topic a lot and, you know, I've been wanting to have a conversation with you on your podcast for a while and just waiting for the right timing and the right topic. Um, So when this popped into my head as something that I wanted to explore, I love the idea of having like kind of a live conversation with you about it. So we know each other from the core energetics and bioenergetics community. Um, I've been doing that type of work for a while and I've become really interested in the complementarity of that work and, um, and kink or BDSM and the healing potential in sexual desire, sexual fantasy, the relationship between what we want sexually and what we want in life. Um, I've been been really interested in in the healing and sacred power of kink when it's done consciously. Um, And I'm also really interested in sacred sexuality in many forms and the blending of our body embodiment and sexuality and sensuality and spirit. And I know that a number of those topics are things that you are interested in and write about as well. Um, And specifically, I wanted to talk about with you, explore the topic of entering into a consensual relationship with pain. Mm. Because this has been such a hard couple of years for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... When I did my core energetics training, we had one class with Sherry Brown, which was on sexual fantasy and Mm. um, exploring our fantasy to see what, what is coming up, what we can learn about ourselves and our history and our desire. And I remember it was such a sacred class. It was, it was very, my experience anyways, it was like very deep and very intense. Mm-hmm. And it was in our fourth year. So we had four years of being together with the same group. And so mm-hmm. I think it made the container safer. Mm. And Yeah. You know, I, I didn't volunteer, but a couple of people did. And I thought it was really brave that they did. And the mm-hmm. work was really, at least my experience of it was like very deep and healing. Yeah, it's, it's like a doorway because our desires 
come from such a deep place inside us and they so often are twinned with our wounds. Yeah. 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 And it was, it was kind of exploring that, Hmm. the dance of that and, and not, not to get rid of the desire or to make it wrong or to, you know, none of that, but just to see, you know, how is this connected to? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've used that knowledge, um, you know, semi-intuitively and also with some framework and education, but as a way to create restorative experiences for myself. Like, yeah, absolutely not in any way to negate um, those desires by by understanding that to some degree they're wrapped up in some of my early wounding, but rather to have that feeling of power of like, I want this thing and I can actually get it. That's one of the magical things about kink for me is that I can create with a play partner the exact scene that I want to happen and often what's in that scene is very specifically related to things that I haven't gotten and things that I really really want wow yeah yeah so when you reached out to me a few days ago about this topic you you had you shared a a little bit about your experience with this so maybe you can talk about your experience with you know pain during the Mm. pandemic yeah and then some of the healing work you've been doing and then we can you know jump off from there yeah well one of the things that's kind of blown my mind about this pandemic is like I think of myself as someone who's really resourced like really I have a great care team mental health team I'm part of great community Um, I have a lot of education and experience and even still it was like I had like there have been times so so for a little more context I have fairly young children one of whom was still in daycare at the time that the pandemic began, one that was in grade school. And so our lives were absolutely turned upside down. My life was changed completely. A number of things that I had just started to explore and love and get a lot of value out of completely and shockingly disappeared from possibility. Um, My children were home constantly, very young, a lot of need, a lot of, um, uh, it was overwhelming. And at the same time, I had friends who were going through grief. I had some death in my extended family. I had um, some real intense stuff, very, very close personal relationships. And I also found the um, government and public health response in Ontario so inconsistent, so varied. So there were so many shocks and about turns and and sudden moves that was very hard, maybe especially for parents to prepare for. But I'm sure a lot of us felt that way. But those of us with kids who are constantly going 
you know, in and out of school. And I had a kid who was too young to even have programming part of the time. It's been so intense. And I have gone through different cycles of um, overwhelm, uh, you know, mild trauma, um, some depression. And um, by the by the fall of this year, I began to recognize that I was in a place of pretty deep burnout. Yeah. Yeah. And so my fall has focused my fall and early winter. So that was the end of 2021 was focused almost entirely on a combination of my recovery and trying to keep my family okay to the best of my ability um and sometime around in december i had this moment of realization where it was like a kind of light bulb went off and and it was like um oh there's a part of me that's really stuck in helplessness right now like this, the the hugeness of the pandemic and my inability to shape a lot of the outcomes or the timing has sort of dumped me back into an old pattern of helplessness. Mm-hmm. And I just caught, like, I just caught it almost out of the corner of my eye. I was like, oh, I'm stuck in a little bit of victimhood. And I could feel it in my emotional, um, an emotional stuckness where I, I just could not get out of a certain kind of low mood. And also in my physical body, I felt as if lockdown had penetrated my physical body and I was having like an experience of being caged and restrained and restricted and limited um, in my physical body. And it was so that my, what was happening in my physical body and what was happening in my mood were reinforcing each other. Yeah. And I I thought I've got to I've got to find a way to take an active role in my experience of pain. Right. What can I do? that will bring me out of this victim pattern, this victim mode, and back into a more feeling of agency and choice? How can I move from a feeling of like um, uncontrollable suffering, like that I'm under a mountain that I just can't get myself out of, Mm -hmm. to a feeling of, choice like I, I like it was hard it was it was to some degree it was hard to see choice at that time even though I'm usually pretty good at that I'm really pretty good at self-responsibility and um and this was just overwhelming I was overwhelmed <laughs> so uh in that place of this like renewed commitment I said to myself, I will try everything I know and with a new kind of determination to the word that came to me was disrupt, like disrupt this cycle of helplessness, disrupt, Mm. 
cycle of mood. I just want to pause here because just in case you want to, you know, add some thoughts or share your impressions before I talk about the king piece. I mean, I think, I think this is actually like the whole solution to the universe <laughs> is like, or like, the, I mean, the, the way, I, I mean, you, you haven't talked about the solution yet, but even just this awareness you were having, mm-hmm. even before you did anything, mm-hmm. I think that is so powerful when we're in a place of suffering and it feels like there's nothing we can do and it feels like it's totally out of control. Yeah. To somehow just have a little bit of perspective and to kind of ask, like, I feel like maybe what you were asking is like, what do I control? Yeah. Because there's a bunch of things I don't. I don't yeah. control the school, whether the school is open or not. I don't control, you know, my kids' moods. I don't control. There's like 75 things you don't control. Yeah. <laughs> what do I control? Yeah. And even it's like I control my thoughts about this. Like I can think. That, that all of these circumstances that are very real and very difficult and that I think basically all parents have been dealing with to varying degrees mm-hmm. over this time. But to start to see that there, it, maybe you only have 10% control, but that you have and 90% is out of your control, but th- there is that. 10% and that you it seems like you started to see that okay I got mm-hmm. 10% mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to change the 90% mm-hmm. I can actually change this 10% that is yeah yeah so that's you know I guess what I want to say to anyone listening is like you know kink was one piece and I know you've had multiple pieces of your healing journey it's not your only piece but mm-hmm. that was one piece. and if you're listening that be your piece too that might be the healing way for you and it might be something totally different mm-hmm. but I think this is still going to be valuable because you know having taking that step back mm-hmm is what really started the healing process for you. Yeah, totally. And I had I got creative in a bunch of different ways. And one was, um, oh, I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm, t- I'm going to try not to be embarrassed to tell you about the things that I've tried. But I decided that the, the disruption was the most important thing, like more important than how I went about doing it. And so I tried like everything that I knew to disrupt. Um, so I tried microdosing mm-hmm. with psilocybin. Um, I tried the occasional afternoon shot of vodka, you know, like I'm not a drinker. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, okay, I'm going down. Like I'm just going to do something. Yeah. Change my state. 
Like that was the point. I'm going to change my state and I'm going to feel for a moment like the agency of being able to change my state. Um, You know, I also have a regular movement practice and sometimes I would try to be more vigorous about that. Maybe like bring my, bring my voice as well as my movement. Um, Maybe go, go into my sense of anger and frustration about some of the decisions that are being made without being well explained or backed up, like to really let myself have that frustration instead of letting it be trapped in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, I also saw, oh, I, I saw an osteopath because I had this sense that my pelvis was locked and that that was preventing also access to my pleasure. And I really, really needed access to my pleasure (laughs) because that was going to help be an antidote to depression. So I got some kind of pelvic floor work done by an osteopath. Um, What else did I try? I saw a core energetics practitioner um, who did some kind of intense body work with me, like some sort of you know, deeply going into some of my held places, working around my diaphragm, um, doing some tantruming, encouraging me to do some tantruming so that I could, once I got a little bit of like support and I got to a little bit of flow, then my practitioner like supported me to go into that, that anger and vitality a little more. And then like, and then I turned over and got some work done on my back body kind of integrating um you know dorsal and vagal aspects of my nervous system a little more and and that was like part of the consensual relationship with pain in that session was like I I asked my practitioner to go in deep enough to hurt me but slow enough that I could breathe into it and tolerate it and I felt like twofold for me like one of it was there's pain that's trapped in my body and I need help like getting to it and very slowly beginning to release it. And also I need like a kind of control. Like I'm experiencing so much suffering and pain that I need places in my life where I can say the pain is going to start now and it's going to stop. And I get to choose when the pain starts and I and stops. And so working through the body and doing body work was part of that. And kink was also part of that. So going to see a Dom who I hadn't seen, I haven't done any kink play um, in, in the larger community, like for the whole pandemic period. And Um, I I sort of got to that point of readiness um, around, you know, my risk tolerance and around like someone that I knew that I could have good conversations with. And again, it was like, I need to actively choose to be when I'm going to be hurt and when the hurting is going to stop. And I'm going to choose a kind of hurting that also gives me pleasure, that excites me in some way, that gives me something other than suffering. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally relate to, like, I think sometimes the way I talk about it with my clients is, like, the difference between, like, 
doing an exercise where you're like totally out of alignment and you're like about to tear a ligament, like that kind of pain uh, versus the pain of exercise when you're aligned, like yeah. your body is aligned and your muscles are working and it hurts. Yeah. A good pain, but it's a good pain. Yeah. And, and seeing emotional pain. Yeah. In the same way. Yes. Of like, yeah. Does it feel, does it hurt? Does it hurt so good? Or does it feel like this? Yeah. Yes, totally. And like Glennon Doyle talks about, we can do hard things, but which are the hard things that we're going to do? Totally. Are we doing a hard thing because it's not really for us because it's out of alignment with our personal spirit and we're obeying our culture and that makes it hard? Yeah. Or are we doing a hard thing because it's a genuine healthy risk or personal challenge or we're stepping into an unknown or we're stepping into a new part of ourselves? Like that kind of hard thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's totally that's totally it. And it's so like, even in my own life, it's so <laughs> tricky sometimes, you know, like just yesterday, I was seeing how I felt like on social media, I had to like, be so vulnerable. <laughs> like, tell the story that I'm not ready to tell. Mm-hmm. But that that is what would like, help the most people and lead to my success is like, if I tell this story that I'm not ready to tell, and this was all in contact, like now I can like see it clearly, you Mm. know, and see what was really happening. But it was this, like, you got to take a risk and it's got to be hard, but not, but it wasn't in the aligned way. Mm. It wasn't in the, I have my own back Mm -hmm. kind of way. Yeah. It was like, I have to overextend to oh, get yeah. what I need mm. and to get what I want. Yeah. Versus, you know, like now that I can see it, I'm like, oh, I don't have to mm. tell any story I don't want to tell. <laughs> yeah. And actually the type of clients I want to attract mm-hmm. are not going to be attracted to me if I'm like literally taking my clothes off emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, it'll attract some people, (laughs) Uh, but those are not my people. My people are going to be drawn by me being vulnerable. Like this conversation right now is, you know, me sharing the story is vulnerable, but it's something that I'm ready to share and that feels good. Yes, you're really with yourself now. You're not trying to push yourself past your own current boundary maybe really, really necessary boundary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have to, I don't have to tell you anything. That's right. (laughs) You know, I'm talking more to the listeners than to you, Ray, but I'll, you know, I don't even have to tell you anything, Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also that voice, that interject voice in your own head you're also speaking to that probably like I don't voice in my head I don't have to I don't have to tell anybody anybody, anything anything. 
Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I want to hear more about what you learned or the healing process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think one of the things that felt good to me was when I reached out to this Dom, I said, I feel like I don't even know who I am anymore. Like the things that I used to know that I wanted, the trajectory that I used to be on, I've been so interrupted and so changed. I don't even know what I want anymore. Can we just meet and have a conversation and see what exists in the space between us? And that felt really good. That was actually my first yes. Like I had been <laughs> similarly, maybe. I mean, I like I feel a resonance with the story that you just shared. Almost like pushing, trying to push myself through the door back into kink. Like it's like, I know that's something I love. I know that's been a really rich experience in my life. I know that's given me a lot of healing. I know that's made me feel like a badass, you know? Like, like that was a really important part of my life right before the pandemic. And I kept trying to like, uh, you know, like push myself like back, like just go back there, like make right. a move, like make something happen. And it just kept not feeling right. Like I just, yeah, there wasn't a click or I would make an, make like, um, I would reach out and then like, get it, like feel no, have to pull back. And so this first move of saying, I don't even know what I want. Um, yeah that felt really good yeah and um the preparation of like showing up for that meeting um including for me there's a preparation around um how what I choose to wear um maybe an essential oil that I like to put on whether I choose to wear jewelry or not like those things that I do for myself that make me feel like, like I'm stepping into a ritual play where I'm, 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 I'm saying to myself, I'm going toward a, like an experience that matters to me. And I'm, I'm behaving in a ritualized and different way from ordinary, like what I, what I choose to wear for me might be a little more feminine or a little more edgy, depending on my mood. What necklace I choose to wear will symbolize something about my inner state. Um, so those, that feeling that already just being in that feeling of preparation was lovely for me. Like that feeling of a kind of awakening, a kind of creating space for my, for that more sensual, more tender part of me. And then, um, you know, the, the kind of excitement and nervousness of going to the meeting and um, and having just a genuine person-to-person -person conversation, like trying to be myself, like feeling my shyness, feeling almost that I go into a young place sometimes in a way that is a bit, you know, I, um, feeling that part of me, it's like, that that innocence and that um, that tenderness is a really beautiful part of me, and also I find that as I 
you know, deep in my experience in kink, I don't want to be in a young place. Like I want to be just my exact age now. And it still might be that, that freshness, that novelty. There might, there's some, there's always something new, always something deeper, but I don't need to be 17 or 12 in order to do that. You know, like I can hopefully more and more enter these experiences with my full mid 40 self and let all those ages exist in me at the same time. Like that's, that's part of what I'm after, I think. And what has been part of the magic for kink at some, sometimes in my life is it's been the only place I think that I've felt it's almost like, um, like a, like a doorway or a hallway opens up and I can feel myself at my current age in my current adult sensuality. And at the same time, I can feel something quite young and untouched opening up in me and feeling them both existing at the same time. And I, I just intuitively feel it that there must be something very healing in that, like not to be all the way in what we might call a regressed age. And that's a helpful piece of work. Um, but to be able to hold my child self or earlier versions of myself, you know, the 16 year old who never was able to go for what she wanted because she didn't have the, the guts, the permission, and this grown woman, like to be able to be all these parts of me. That's one of the things, the beautiful things that kink affords me. Yeah, I feel like it's like maybe an integration, like bringing the parts together somehow. Or... Yeah. 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 I mean, there's so much here. I think like one thing that you said a while ago, but I just want to emphasize is like the importance of expressing your anger and that peace especially for parents, but really for everyone. And to, you know, you know, who's been through these last couple of years where like not everything was handled <laughs> well. Yeah. There were fuck ups and like, it's everyone's first pandemic and we're all figuring it out. And also we get to be mad when people do things that are hurtful or yeah not good for people's mental health or whatever like mm -hmm. yeah so that is so important and then it's like I love what the the clothing piece choosing your outfit because it's like that is the agency it's like right like okay there's all this we don't have control over but I can choose my outfit <laughs> <laughs> that's like the 1% inside the 10%. But yeah, it's a tiny, powerful thing. Yeah. And I listened to this podcast during the pandemic, where literally like the podcast host was like, look down, look at what you're wearing. Right now, are you in sweatpants? And her point was like, because people have been saying many people over the pandemic are like, I'm not seeing anyone. Mm -hmm. And her point was like, you are seeing you. Mm -hmm. You know who you see every day? You see yourself. Mm -hmm. 
and what outfit makes you feel powerful or beautiful or sexy or edgy or soft like you get to choose but it was such a like shift for me because I think I have like been in this mindset of like you know I was taught to be pretty for men what do men want what what does what does my partner want or what does the random ass fucking man on the street want me to wear <laughs> and so I'd kind of gone into rejection of that and just kind of more yeah not not dressing up or mm-hmm. rarely dressing up and it was just such a mind shift to be like oh I could like I could wear what I want to wear <laughs> yes yeah I could wear so when I look in the mirror yes I'm like I like that woman yes I like that outfit I like the way that makes me feel and so it was such a shift from like uh who cares about fashion it's just like fucked up industry <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. all the things to actually you know I, yeah. I I actually do feel better and I do feel more powerful in certain outfits yeah. and it's not always what my partner likes <laughs> it isn't always and that's okay totally yeah I feel like a self-honoring yeah yeah when I have done client work around sensuality and around some some of the energies that are present in in kink like I can sometimes bring that type of work as an influence into client work Um, I sometimes ask people to dress in something that makes them feel beautiful makes them feel sensual yeah and bring items for an altar for um for or for some play that 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 has those qualities something that feels nice to the touch or something that is an emblem that means something to them about where they're coming from or where they want to go or where they are right now yeah those little ritual things are are very powerful I had a conversation with a professional dominatrix a while ago and um I was asking her how she moves between the more submissive part of her work and the more dominant part of her work and she talks about the importance of um a ritual space like having having items that you always uh set out or always put on um having I don't know if she called it an altar space I don't know if she called it an altar but but she talked about having items that represented power for her and that she had a certain routine that she would put herself through before she would step into the room to 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 step into her she was stepping into her, the power inside her she was stepping into her 
her loving dominant energy before she entered the room and she was doing that through a, through a ritual process i found that like it, intuitively it just made sense and it was also really helpful for me to know that someone that i thought of as a natural you know someone who's a professional someone who's in that world um still has their process of moving from like ordinary you know, into that particular role, that particular archetype. Yeah. Yeah. She's a human too. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Like, because this, this even takes like what I was learning from that other podcast, like a step deeper or like more congruent with me is like dressing as a sacred ritual. Yeah. Yeah. The other the other thing I relate to that I am a little nervous about sharing, so we'll see how it goes, is so I dance contact improv, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that space has been a you know, especially when there's like a multi-day. Mm-hmm. You're just in your body mm-hmm. dancing for days has been a space where I've like connected with people and realized there are certain ty- types of pain that I like mm-hmm. and that yeah, I can totally relate to what you're saying, like that being in control mm-hmm. of like, like asking a friend, will you bite my forearm? Like right mm-hmm. there. And then getting that little bit of pain or stimulation, it's almost like feels like it's like energetically... Something happens, like it feels like something happens that <laughs> feels good and that I think is shifting my energy system mm-hmm. in some way. There's that kind of ping, and it's something that's like just for you and your your skin, your tissue, your nervous system. There's also something relational about the being animal and spiritual together. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different than, you know, like I can pinch myself right now. Mm. And that can also feel really good, actually. Yeah. You know, pinching in the right spot at the right time. But Mm -hmm. there is something different when there's someone else. Yeah. Involved. So it almost amplifies it or something. It's like, (laughs) it's like there's research that shows like if you practice piano at home versus like doing a concert like a like playing a piece in front of 100 people is worth like 100 solo practices or something like that wow that's really interesting yeah yeah I've just been thinking so much lately about 
co-regulation. Mm. I mean, I, I say I even feel it like we're not together right now. We're over Zoom. But there's something about coming into the intimacy of a conversation where I feel I feel quite different at this point in the conversation in terms of my connection with you, my connection with myself, my sense of spaciousness, my sense of creativity, this feeling of like, I'm in something, I don't know what you're going to say next. I don't even know what I'm going to say next. <laughs> you know, there's this something like the spontaneity of, of what, what it is that we're doing together. Like it's, I feel better <laughs> than what I did before we got on this call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we are a social species. Yeah. We do regulate like in the, um, completing the stress cycle research. You sent me that. Yes. You sent me that actually with Amelia and Emily. Nagowski. Um, one of the things to complete the stress cycle is positive social interaction. So it could be a hug, but it also could be, they give the example of like complimenting the barista on her earrings. Like if you are, you know, in the pandemic, <laughs> living at home, even those little <sighs> social touchstones yeah. create for ourselves yeah. does regulate. And yeah, I think one thing that has been so interesting for me, pandemic-wise, is like, I mean, first, like the the magic of Zoom and that we can connect and that I've been able to continue to work with my clients and do some really fucking deep work, even on this medium. Mm-hmm. But then, but, uh, but the flip side is like watching late night television and you know how like some TV shows, they put like a giant screen, mm-hmm. so, like the host was there in person, but then they would like bring someone in on this like big screen uh-huh. and like feeling the energetic difference of that, of when the guest was in person. Yeah. And I'm watching on a screen, but in person together and it was just like something else was happening yeah 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 I've been curious throughout the pandemic period about doing some kink work online like I I can see potential yeah it, it hasn't been a big draw for me like I've done I've done a couple of sessions as a kink-influenced emotional bodywork practitioner mm-hmm. um, that ha- ha- where I brought some of that energy. But I knew this time with this particular, you know, suffering that I was in that I needed, I, I really wanted something physical. And... And back like in relation to the you know what we were saying earlier about um how what we desire is often connected to our early wounding I've definitely seen a lot of that in my journey but what I wanted this most recent visit 
I feel, I mean, it's very likely there's an echo um, or else like I wouldn't, you know, some of us, you know, I think those of us who've been limited or restricted in some way in earlier times in our lives are probably extra sensitive to this experience of being limited and restricted that we're going through now. Um, so there's probably an echo, but I also felt like that my desire now was very specific also to now, like what I wanted this most recent time was to be, was to be bound, to actually be restrained, to be physically restrained and held. And that's an interesting word because like restraint and holding, like they're quite different, but to be held, to be in someone's attention, to be in someone's care, to be in someone's active pressure, like around my, around my torso, around my arms. Um, it's such an interesting relationship, like thinking about a baby being swaddled and, and how comforting that can be for an, like a, a newborn infant and how, you know, how, how similar some of those sensations are to the pressure of the womb as the baby gets big enough to be stretching that belly. Um, and then, you know, to have this desire to be tied, bound, restrained, but, but with consciousness, with attention, with choice, you know, like to have the Dom constantly, not constantly, but regularly checking in with me, like, are your wrists comfortable? What's that pressure like? Do you want more? <laughs> you know, like, do I want more? Like, if the pandemic would just ask me that, that would be great. But no, <laughs> the pandemic is not asking me if I want more, but my dom is asking me. And like, that was a really wonderful experience, like to give me that, to give myself that kind of direct antidote to this feeling that I'm in of my life being too small and, um, you know, to, to choose that experience um, and to choose it in a way where I was able to experience it as a moment of um, surrender, which feels to me like a choice. Like surrendering to me, there's always a choice involved. Am I going to resist or am I going to go with this? So when I was bound and she held, you know, the strapping and she gently pressed against the back of my knees, and I could let go and she was holding me in, in that position and, and, and rocking me. I was like semi-suspended. Mm. Um, that feeling of being held by someone stronger than me who is attentive to me. Um, that feeling of the relaxation of letting go, the, that being present. I felt um, I felt a kind of grace coming, like where I felt uh, I felt seen and cared for by a divine feminine energy, and it um, helped me remember my own spiritual center in a way that. I don't know if you have this feeling, but sometimes I feel like I'm praying and I know that I'm being heard, but I don't feel that contact. And other times I feel like my prayers are going right up and I'm getting like 
yeah direct right to my heart I feel the response kind of thing yeah totally yeah and the other thing that came up for me is like you know like Doug Ford didn't do it that way no who like anyways anyone who's not in Canada that is our premier who made all the lockdown rules for us in Ontario but but that that he could have I mean I don't know he could have but a leader could Mm. hold us give us you know more information more time before things change like we could have been held yeah more loving way but we weren't yeah and that's part of the trauma that we are going through yeah so I want to respect your time but the the last question I want to ask before we wrap up is if people are interested in kink and maybe new to it like they're listening to this do you have a book or a website or you know like if someone wants to if someone listens to this and is like that sounds amazing I want to take the next step Mm -hmm. where can they go or do you have any have you written about it? I don't know. I'm just yeah, it's it's I find it's trickier now because of the situation we're in. But I feel like like in and around Toronto, I'm aware of some good resources that have gone online. I'm thinking about Good For Her um, yeah. is a shop that sells everything sex related, but they also do workshops. And. The Ritual Chamber is also a Toronto-based, it's this Toronto-based dungeon, uh, and they do teaching as well. Some of my first contact with BDSM was through the Ritual Chamber. Um, And I have also found uh, that joining FetLife, F-E-T-L-I-F-E. It's a kind of rudimentary Facebook for kinksters where you can can poke around and follow people, see what people are writing about, see what events are going on, see what communities um, are around certain things that you might be interested in as well or curious about. I found it overwhelming at first, but I think as I started to learn a little bit more through conversations with more experienced members of the community, um, that life started to make a little more sense to me. Might depend on your personality and age too, like how you learn and that kind of thing. So those are a few of the things that come to mind. And you'll also be putting my website um badgirlwisdom.ca and so people could contact me through that if they would like to have a conversation if they've been sparked in some way and have a conversation about um, our curiosity about how their 
desires may fit with feeling. Yeah. Amazing. So we'll, I'll make sure all of that ends up linked in the description of the episode so that if you want to explore any of this or if you want the amazing thing I think about your website is no matter when you're listening to it, it'll have um, an update on what Ray is doing because I know you're not doing a super ton right now because of the context, but that you might be doing more mm-hmm. soon. So we will definitely link that. So thank you so much for coming on. This was super interesting and yeah very very relatable for me even though I haven't really played in those areas at least not officially (laughs) um but yeah thank you for sharing your story and exploring this topic and I think it'll be super valuable for everyone listening thank you it was a real pleasure to to um, come into the conversation not knowing the trajectory it would take. Enjoyed exploring with you. Likewise. Okay, bye everybody. If you resonated with this episode, I wanna offer you a free private one-hour consultation with me. Through doing the deep inner work, my clients have been able to do things like quit the job they hate and land a job they love, or get their first paying clients in their dream business, and if they're a little bit further down the road, double their revenue. They've been able to fall in love and go to bed each night feeling satisfied and accomplished. In the consultation, we'll talk about what your dream looks like, what's getting in the way, and whether working together can help. Email me at brin at brinbamber.com to book.